Hey there. Thank you so much for checking out this message with us at Believer's Chapel. Our prayer is that you have a genuine experience with God and that you're able to connect with him in a deeper way as a result of listening to this message. Thank you again. God bless you. Come on, let's give it up for our kids again so they can hear us. Awesome. Merry Christmas, everyone. One week from today, we will celebrate all together, all around the world. Yes, you may be seated. All around the world, the celebration of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Aren't you so glad that he came? I think we should be a little bit more excited than that. Aren't you so glad that Jesus, our Savior, came to rescue us from sin, from death, from hell, he saved us. And we are so grateful, God, for you. We're so glad that you're here in this place. Have your way in our hearts and lives today. Everyone said, amen. Hey, we're in the series Emmanuel, which means God with us. God has come to be with us. And the last couple of weeks, I've spoken about this last week specifically. I talked about how God was always with us since the beginning and how even in the Old Testament that he promised that he would never leave us, never forsake us, that he will be with us always. He would always give us signs. He'd always speak to us and he's always has. And now uh, today we talk about how Jesus came in the flesh. He came as Emmanuel, God in the flesh. Isn't that awesome? He came to be with us in the flesh, not just in the spirit now, but now in the flesh. And so we celebrate this like we've been saying all around the world. And so I want to get into the second part of the series by telling another story. All right. Can I tell some stories? So uh, I like, I like to fix things usually, usually, right? So I'm, uh, I'm, you know, a jack of all trade, master of none. One of those people, you know, that uh, I might not be excellent at anything, but I can do a lot of things. I can fix pretty much anything, especially with YouTube, right? You can just go look it up on how to fix it. And so um, whether it's at our house, you know, we have a lot of kids, as you know, we have six kids. And sometimes, you know, things get broken. I shouldn't say sometimes. A lot of times things get broken, like holes in the wall that appear. Like, I don't know how it got there. Um, you know, or, uh, the ice, you know, when we first moved in this house that we're in now, the ice machine didn't work and for a year it didn't work and I didn't want to fix it because it, it was a little too detailed. And so finally I had enough of it and I went and pulled it apart and found the part that wasn't working, ordered one, put it back in and yay, I fixed the ice machine. Now we have an ice machine, right? Because everybody needs an ice machine. Well, not really, but you know, fixing things. I've always liked, but there's some things that I don't like to fix, like Christmas lights, Right? Every guy, right, in this place, like, it just gives, it just builds up anxiety. You know, when people, like the few, you know, right after Thanksgiving is when we set up our Christmas lights. And, you know, most of the time that's supposed to be a fun, joyous occasion. But as soon as a guy thinks about, oh, we got to put lights on the tree or lights on the house, it's like, hey, I wonder how many strands are not going to work this year when I plug them in. <laughs> or worse yet, right, have you ever just put it all on without checking and then you plug it in and only to realize that they're all out because one of them's broken? Like, I'm just gonna say, like, if you guys want an idea to be a millionaire, invite some, invent some lights that when one goes out, they don't all go out, right? Who did that anyway? I think that was Scrooge, right, to make us all, like, cringe about Christmas, you know, these lights that just always, you know, and so I, I, I've done lights for my sister's house. I do lights for my house. Uh, I've done lights for other people's house back in the day. And they came out with this little machine that's supposed to test each light if it works or not. 
that doesn't really work either. And so the thing is like, there's some things that I like to fix, things that I can fix most anything, but there's some things that I don't like to fix like that. But there are other things that I cannot fix and that I've had to realize that I just can't do. Not that I don't want to do, but that I don't, I really can't fix. There's been times in my life where I've been deeply scarred or, or hurt by other people or times in my life where I've hurt other people and I can't fix that. There's been times in my life where things have, have, have been done to me that um, I, as much as I try to fix, I can't. There's other things that in my life that I've tried to do or tried not to do and I just can't stop doing it. There's things in my life that I really want to accomplish and it seems no matter how hard I try, I just can't get there. There's so many, there's things in my life that I wish I could stop, but I just don't feel like I ever can as much, how hard as I try. Do you know how many diets I've done on January 1st? Do you know how many times I've tried every new fad? I've lost weight so many times only just to gain it back again and again and again. I, I have tried so many times to give, give up sugar and, and I have at times, but then it just comes back. It appears out of nowhere, right? It's so hard, it's so difficult. There's some things in my life that I just can't seem to get right. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I've got to accomplish this or I've got to stop this or whatever the case may be. And you may be like this, because I think we all are like this in different areas of our life. Maybe it's not sugar like me or maybe it's you know, wanting to accomplish something different than I want to accomplish. But nonetheless, all of us have this drive. We have these aspirations, these visions, or we have these things that we're, we know in our life that aren't good for us and we just can't stop from doing them anyway. And we feel bad about it. Sometimes we feel shameful about it. Sometimes uh, we really tr do make huge efforts to stop. And sometimes we're, we're successful to a certain point. But only for it to come back again. There's this angst in us, this thing like, I've got to be better. I've got to be, uh, I've got to stop this. And there's this, this quote from this book I read called um, Embracing the Body by Tara Owens. And she says it like this. She says, I'm telling myself I have to do right. I have to achieve. I have to do so much better than I am right now. And yet my body's telling me that I can't, that I wasn't meant for perfection. My body is telling me I need something different, something more, something outside myself in order to make all of this happen. She's kind of like how I am. Like, I want, this, I want to stop doing this or I want to start doing this, but I just, no matter how hard I try, I can't seem to get it right. And I realize that there's something at work in me. Paul says that there's something at work in me, this law, this, this law of sin that I can't seem to overcome it. I can't seem to stop doing it. I can't seem to, to overcome different things in my life or accomplish these things. And just like this quote says, there's gotta be something outside of myself that needs to make this happen. Because I can't make it happen. Is anybody with me? Yeah. Have you ever been there before? It's like, maybe it's even dealing with um, family members or maybe it's dealing with sickness. I just can't seem to overcome whatever this is. The situation doesn't seem to get right. Maybe it's your finances. You find yourself in the same spot again and again and again. And no matter how hard you try, you, can't, you just can't seem to get over it. And so Christ came, the Bible says. He came as the image of God for us to model. And we hear that, right? Be like Christ. And we see Christ and he's perfect. He never sinned. And we're like, I can't do that. 
How am I supposed to be like him? He came as this perfect model for us to, to, to have this, 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 this beautiful picture of how we should live and how perfection looks as a human. And we're like, whoa, but I have fallen really short of that. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter one that says that we were all made in God's image and to, made, to be made in his likeness, to be made like him. And here we go again. It's like, but wait a second. I can't really do that. I've tried and I've come up short again and again and again. And even God declares that all that he made, including you, including me, that it, he declared it not just good, but he said it was very good. He says of you and me, his creation, that these beings, these people that I made are very good. I'm so glad that I made them. And yet we, have, we fall up so short and fall up so um, empty at times. It's kind of like um, Gregory of Brazil. He says it like this. He says, Christ became the image of God for us to model. Now each of us have a canvas of our lives to paint, virtues to imitate Christ and the likeness of Christ. But it's our choice what we paint. And I don't know how many artists, how many artists are in this place. If you're an artist, you paint, you draw. Are you, well, the artists don't usually want to tell, right? If you draw, you paint, right? Say I had a canvas up here and the canvas is this beautiful picture of you and your life and what your life is supposed to um, portray or get to one day. And you're on this journey, this, this beautiful canvas representing the, the, the trajectory of your life, the point and the purpose of your life. And it's beautiful. It's more beautiful than you even could imagine. And you're kind of stepping outside of time to see this beautiful picture. And you see all the beginning and the end of your life and how, if you, you look over it, you're like, Wow. I didn't realize how beautiful this life, this canvas of my life is supposed to be and how God made me so unique and how I have the detail in this, this painting of myself and how I've, I'm so intricately made and how that God has made me with certain gifts and talents and, 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 and even named, named me certain things so that I could accomplish or be what he's called me to be and how all fits together in the point and the purpose of my life, right? It's this beautiful picture. And that's how our lives were made or supposed to be made before the fall, before when we were declared good. And then it says, but then it says, but what happens is when we sin or when we fall short, we muddy up the canvas. It's as if we take uh, some paint and we have this beautiful Picasso, right? This beautiful uh, painting that's worth millions of dollars. And we just come with this other muddy brown paint and just kind of, oops, I messed that part of that picture up. Oops, I did it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And all this canvas becomes this muddied mess of our lives. And we spend a lifetime at times like regretting, oh, I can't believe that I did that back there. I can't believe that I'm still doing this today. Man, I'm never gonna accomplish the things that I'm supposed to accomplish because I can't, I can't get rid of this brown paint. We try so hard to fix that which was broken in us and nothing seems to work. We can't fix it. We've asked others for help. Please help me fix this. Others try to help us. We, we look at things in the world. We, we read self-help books, how to lose 10 pounds in 10 days, 
how to whatever, right? Whatever the thing, how to overcome this addiction, how to stop, you know, how to treat whatever it is. We, we look all these things up, but the world, whatever it has to offer, just can't seem to fix that which is broken in us. In fact, angels can't even fix us. And so God in his great love for us, he had to do something. He had to do something to rescue us from ourselves, to rescue us from muddying up this picture, this beautiful picture of life that he gave to us because the trajectory of our life will change if we don't have help. It changes from really good to really, really bad. And there's this awesome other quote that I'm gonna share with you. It's from uh, Harrison in God's Many Splendored Image, the book is called. And she asked this question. What did God have to do? What, or what had to happen in order to fix this, right? Except that which according to the image would again be renewed so that through it, human beings might again be able to know God. And how could this happen? Except by the coming near of the image of God himself, our savior, Jesus Christ. So in other words, the only thing that could fix us is the original artist. If you bought a painting from an art store, wherever you got your hands on some famous painting, and you messed it up somehow, and you tried to fix it, you're not able to put it back just like that artist did because you don't have the same talent that that artist has. Maybe you're, I'm not saying you're not, you're not talented. That's what I'm saying. You have a different talent. His talent's different than your talent. He paints different than you paint. And you're not able to put it back how it once was or how it's supposed to be. And the same with our lives that nobody can fix us because only one person created us. And that's the creator, our Lord God. And so he sent his son Jesus and made him the image of who we were supposed to be. And when he sent him, he came to show us how the image, how we were supposed to look again and how we could be and how we could act and how we could behave and how we could love and be loved. And he sent Jesus to come and do this for us. And the rest of the quote, it says, for through human beings, it was not possible since indeed they were made according to the image, but neither was it possible through the angels for they were, they were not images of God. Therefore, the word of God came near through himself that is the image of the Father. He would be able to recreate the human being according to his image. And Jesus came, the word of God, God incarnate, to show us, to model this, and to help us to come. In Matthew 1, 23, it says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Jesus came not to just be among us, Jesus came to show us the way and Jesus came to fix us. He came to save us. This whole first chapter of Matthew, Matthew's explaining, <coughs> excuse me, explaining how Jesus was the Messiah. That he came, the Messiah, he came to save his people. He came to save and rescue us. He came to fix us and to, and to help us from the things that we couldn't do on our own, all these things that we've been talking about here today. And Jesus came to rescue his people from their sins. He came to fix this picture again and make it right. He came to repaint it, recreate it, to recreate you, to fix the broken spots, to fix the things that you can't do by yourself, to fix the things that you haven't been able to figure out even with the help of other people. 
Jesus came as our creator. And he came to save us. Now, maybe you're here today and you say, I don't really need any help. My life's really good. My life's great. Maybe you're here today, you're on the other side of that. And you're like, man, I'm so far gone that nothing can fix this picture. It's so muddied. Or maybe you're here today and you're like, God has had to fix this picture so many times that I think the canvas behind it is starting to wear out. (laughs) No matter your position or where you are today, whether you're watching online or here in person, Jesus has come to be with us, to save us. And if you don't realize or recognize that you have a savior that loves you, that has created you, and that is here to save you from yourself, he wants you to know that today. Whether you're so, you think you're so far gone and you think that he, can't, he will save you again and again and again and again, and if the canvas gets worn out, he'll get a new canvas. And he'll do it again in you. There's this beautiful, you know, all my life I've, um, you know, as a young boy, I've always wanted to tell people about Jesus. I wanted to know Jesus. And for the last, every day of my life, (laughs) I've wanted to tell people about Jesus. And I've always had the privilege to be able to speak to people about this thing called salvation and how God has come to rescue us, even though we didn't deserve it, even though we continue to mess it up again and again, God comes and he saves us again and again. He, he rescues us again and again. And even though we go far from him, he comes and chases us anyway. And even though we turn our backs on him at times, he comes and he continues to knock and he continues to save. And even though um, we <laughs> turn to him when we are uh, desperate, he answers us anyway. He loves us again and again and again. And eventually, we learn how to just depend on him, that we need him. And all my life, I've been preaching on this thing called salvation. And I did this class this last semester at the school that I'm in, and I came across this quote on salvation. And I think it's, I wish I would have heard this 30 years ago. I think it is the best quote I've ever heard on the, on the topic of salvation. So I want to share it with you. It says, salvation is the work of Christ to bring the whole of ourselves and also the world, back into alignment with the way God intended. This is a healing. This is a rescue. Salvation then is not only on the cross, but also a reparation, a restoration to health that is progressively taking place. Where we are being saved, I'm sorry, where we are saved, are being saved, and will be saved by a healing God. It isn't simply a moment of exchange, but a lifetime of being brought back to the way we were meant to be. Isn't that beautiful? That's what Jesus came to do. Some of you in this place, you may have raised your hand and said, God, I want you in my life. And God started the renovation movement in your life. Some of you have been coming here a long time. Some of you have known Christ for a long time. And God is still recreating this painting. He's still reworking your life and what it's supposed to portray. Every time that we pray to God, we are being remade back to that original image. 
Isn't that cool? Every time we come to church and hear the word of God and the word of God is being preached and I've shared about three or four scriptures already, we are being remade into what God has called us to be. Every time we come to this place and we worship Jesus, something happens that where our will and God's will exchanges and we become more like him and that image is being recreated in the way that it was once meant to be, back to its original likeness of God. Every time we ask for forgiveness, we're being recreated. Every time we ask God for help, we're being recreated. Every time we open our hearts and love one another and God, he's recreating us into the image he once created us to be. But we have got to recognize that we need this help. We need Jesus. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, who came to rescue us, to came, came to save us. In Revelations 2.1, he says, uh, behold, I am making all things new. Isn't that cool? Jesus says this, behold, I am making all things new. He's making us new. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, and we all like Moses with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Isn't that cool? And there's another one, another scripture, I don't have the um, address, but it says on the outside we're wasting away, but inside we're being renewed day by day. God is reworking us. God is making us all new. He wants to make our marriages new. He wants to make our health new. He wants to make our finances new. He wants to make all things. Behold, I'm making how many things? All things new. He's come to make us new. He came to rescue us. He didn't leave us in the, he didn't come just to leave us in the position that we are in. He came to recreate. He came to make new. He came to forgive. He came to fix our broken lives. So the question today as I close is, will you allow Jesus to fix you? A lot of times, we put walls up and say, no, you, you know, I'm okay in this area, Jesus. I got this. We have this wall called pride that I don't want anybody to fix me. Maybe because you like this thing or maybe because you, you, you think you can do it on your own or whatever the reason. And, and we have got to let the walls down and say, Jesus, I need help in this area too. The question today is, will you open up your heart and let the Savior, Jesus, who came to earth to die on the cross for our sins so that we could be fixed back into the original painting God created us to be, back to his image, back into his likeness, back into this beautiful painting of, uh, of a purpose-filled life. Will, God, will you allow God to come and recreate and refix the things that have been broken in your life? He's here to do that even today, still today. He loves you. And he's knocking on the doors of your heart to do this. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here today and you say, you know what, Rich, this is, I've been separated from God. I don't have a relationship with him. Maybe you're far from him. Maybe you've just turned on him. Maybe you've just put walls up between you and him. And maybe you've never really even met him. Today you say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. I wanna open the door of my heart. I wanna allow him to come and do these things in my life 
I want him to save me from myself, from my pain, from my wrongdoings, from my um, tendencies to do things that are heart hurtful or harmful to me and others. If that's you here in this place, you say, I need that, I need Jesus in my life. With everybody's eyes closed and head bowed, would you raise your hand? Just say this to me, I need Jesus. I see your hands. Who else? I need Jesus. I need him to rescue me today. You can put your hands down. Would you say this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, come on all across this place. Would you say this? And you watching online, if you say this, God will do this for you. He will come in your heart, rescue you, forgive you, and change you into the way that you were meant to be. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for doing things my way and going off and doing things that have hurt you and me. I ask that you forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross and took my place so that I could be made new. Make me new again and again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus today. Salvation is a continual thing. He wants to continually work in your life day by day by day by day. Every day, wake up. God, have your way. Sometimes it's great and refreshing. Other days it's like, hey, ouch. I had to to get rid of that thing. That hurts. I have to forgive that person. Ouch. But God is making you new. He's got a beautiful painting of your life. He's got this beautiful well, intricate details and it's just wow what he wants to do he made you good he made you in his image to be like him let him continually recreate you into his image let him continually work in your life not just one time but every day would you do that come on God we just ask you to do that in our lives we thank you Jesus that you came to be with us to save us God, continually save us again and again, day by day. Continue to rescue us. Continue to heal us. Continue to fix us. Continue to make us in the way that you want us to be. We give you permission. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, would you stand to your feet one more time? Thank you again for checking out this message. If you would like help taking your first steps on your faith journey, you can text the number 315-444-2100 and include the word Jesus in your text. We're going to follow up with you and help you get started. God bless you and thank you again.